Today's episode is presented to you by Best You Mental Health Clinic. Best You is a practice that provides a compassionate space, uniquely treating each client based upon their individual needs to reach their goals. At Best You, we believe mental health is not a trend, it is a lifestyle. Best You Mental Health Clinic is currently accepting patients 16 and up, accepts all major insurances plus self-pay. If you would like more information, visit bestumhc.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the College Game Time Podcast. Possibly getting ready to change that name as I talked about yesterday. But either way, I am your host, Trey Smith. And today we are going to get into this New Year's Six race. I have five teams we're going to look at who are starting to separate their separate themselves from the pack. I've got one dark horse in there as well. And let's look at what needs to happen for each of these teams to get that bid. Um, I'm going to also kind of explain what I'm using to gauge this and why. Just so you know, I'm not putting any particular bias towards one conference over the other. I'm genuinely just looking at how this thing has played out in years past, looking at what we have currently in projecting slash predicting slash using facts to determine what needs to happen for each of these teams to get that new year's six bid so we're going to get into all that today but before we do if you're watching on youtube you know what to do like subscribe comment at the end share it with a friend if you're listening on one of the streaming platforms please 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 leave a five-star rating write a positive review i would greatly greatly appreciate it and as i've been saying we're trying to get to 4k by the end of the month by the end of october Let's get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of October. I feel like we can get there by the end of the week, but just to be safe, I'm going to say till the end of the month, we're less than 100 away, uh, less than 120 away from 4K. So if you're watching this right now and you're not a subscriber, I'm asking you to hit that subscribe button, hit the bell, hit all that stuff, hit the like button, everything. All right, let's get into this. So I use the AP poll as a gauge for the New Year's Six race because if you look in years past, the AP poll is a pretty good indicator of what the CFP poll is gonna look like as it pertains to the group of five rankings, okay? I know when it comes to the Power Five conferences, particularly in that top four, top six, the AP poll sometimes can look a lot different than the CFP poll. For example, back in 2021, OU was, I think, a top four or top three team heading into week nine or 10, whatever it is when the CFP rankings start releasing. They were 8-0, I believe. They were 8-0 or 9-0 ranked in the top three, I think, in the AP poll. Well, the CFP poll released and they were ranked eighth. That was a pretty big discrepancy from one poll to the other. However, if you look at recent years past and you just focus on the group of five teams and how those are ranked, there's usually a pretty good kind of mirroring of each other 
with what the AP poll is showing and the CFP poll is showing. And so that's why I'm looking at that and using that as my main base determiner when it comes to evaluating and predicting the New Year's Six race. Um, I know one of the big questions and one of the big arguments against me right now is that if Liberty wins out, they're going to get the New Year's Six bid. I don't believe that is to be true. They will need some help to get that New Year's Six bid. And I'll explain what that help looks like later on in this show. But the reason why I believe that is because if you look at recent history and how the AP poll is looking compared to the CFP poll, well, if we look at the AP poll now, Liberty has the least amount of votes among all the group of five teams that are either ranked or receiving votes. So they're kind of further down the pipeline than you would think an undefeated team would be. And I also think there's another dark horse that could has the potential to leapfrog an undefeated Liberty team as well that I'm going to talk about. But I was looking at recent years past, and of course you had last year, there was Tulane. They had the two losses, but they were, they were kind of neck and neck going uh, in the polls throughout the season. Um, uh, and, and man, they got their second loss... I don't remember who their second loss and when that came, but it was to a ranked team. I think it was either UCF was ranked or Cincy. I don't remember which one. And so they were kind of leapfrogging each other, going back and forth. But essentially, if you look at what was happening in the CFP rankings with Tulane, a two-loss Tulane team, compared to what was happening in the AP poll, it was nearly identical. So... That was last year. 2021, you had Cincy. They pretty much had it by a landslide. That was when the the stars aligned perfectly for them to get into the CFP. You have to remember, they didn't just go undefeated. They beat a top 10 ranked Notre Dame team at Notre Dame. That Notre Dame team went on to finish undefeated. In fact, they would have probably gotten into the CFP with one loss had that one loss been to anybody but Cincy because Cincy was undefeated. Then you had a two-loss Big 12 champion, a two-loss Pac-12 champion, and I think a two-loss ACC champion. I think it was Pitt, Utah, and Baylor that won the conference championships that season, and they all had two losses. So it was like this perfect storm that got Cincy in. Regardless, they, they had that one by landslide. But 2020 is a good case study compared to where we're at now, kind of. Okay, it's, it's a little bit different, but 2020 was an odd year, right? That was the COVID season, so some teams were losing games. And what we had was Coastal Carolina was going on a pretty impressive run that year and really didn't have a lot of games get canceled. In fact, I don't think they had any canceled on them until their conference championship, which really wasn't the determiner in this, but they were 11-0 going into, really they finished the season 11-0. They didn't get to play their um, conference championship game, but they had two ranked wins. They had beat BYU earlier in the year, and I think BYU was a top 15 team. Remember, this was, I think, the Zach Wilson year when he was, uh, they, they were on a really good tear, BYU was. And then uh, Louisiana earlier in the season. This was a Napier-coached Louisiana team that was ranked in the top 25. So you would think, okay, they're 11-0. They're going to be in the hunt. They were in the hunt, but they never got ahead of Cincinnati. And Cincinnati lost a couple of games that year. I think they ended up finishing 9-0. They had two regular season ranked wins as well. But there was a pretty big gap between Cincy and Coastal Carolina, even though their records were 
nearly identical. In fact, Coastal Carolina's record was actually better because they were able to play more games. And so it just kind of shows you how these polls view the different conferences as it pertains to strength of schedule. Since he was up there much higher than Coastal Carolina in both the AP and the CFP. Then in 2019, uh, it was just a good gauge because you had Memphis, Cincy, Boise, and App State all kind of in the hunt. And if you look at how the AP poll had them ranked week to week, it it mirrored exactly how the CFP poll had them ranked week to week. And so the reason why I'm saying that, kind of making that case, is because I think it's fair to look at what the AP poll is showing us at this point in the season and to conclude from that that the CFP will follow a similar path. There is one wrench I think could get thrown into that that I'll talk about here in just a second, but I'm going to put it up here on the screen for each one. But the number one team, whether we want to call this a hot board, a power rankings, maybe we call this the New Year Six Power Rankings, the race to the New Year Six Power Rankings, and the number one team right now who needs zero help from anybody that is in full control of their own destiny is Air Force. So Air Force is currently undefeated. Literally all Air Force needs to do is win and they're in. And I've thought about this because I would really love personally to see Tulane go back to back. I would like to see them not just go back to back making it to the New Year Six, but go back to back in winning the New Year Six. I talked about that yesterday. We have not seen that in college football. Going all the way back to the Bowl Alliance and Bowl Coalition years. Okay, we have not seen a team from whether you want to call it the mid-major or now the group of five, these underdog conferences, we have not seen a team make a run in back-to-back years and win the game. TCU came close, UCF came close, but they, they, they made it in back-to-back seasons but never won it in back-to-back seasons. And of course, I'm talking about when TCU was in the Mountain West. So I would love to see Tulane do that, but man, there is this part of me that would just love nothing more than to see Air Force in a New Year's Six game making whatever Power 5 team they're matched up with chase their tail all game long trying to stop the triple option. I don't know if y'all remember the Orange Bowl, was it eight or nine years ago when Georgia Tech was matched up with a very good Mississippi State team. In fact, that Mississippi State team was ranked number one at one point in that season. Had a seven-point loss to Bama, maybe, I think it was, and... I think Bama won the national championship that year. They lost to Clemson. I I may be having my seasons mixed up, but Georgia Tech faced off with a very good SEC Mississippi State team in the Orange Bowl, I think it was. May have been the Fiesta. I'm pretty sure it was the Orange Bowl and just absolutely cut them up left and right running the triple option. And There's a part of me that would love to want to see a service academy in a stage of that magnitude, but then also executing that offense that when it's clicking man it is like poetry in motion so but it could happen if air force can win out now they got some big games they've got air force and army in in two of the next three or four weeks coming up those are always competitive games they have to play unlv and then of course whoever they get matched up with in the conference championship whether that's going to be fresno whether that's going to be a rematch with wyoming so it's not going to be easy but As of right now today, if Air Force wins, they are in. Next on the list, of course, who I talked about yesterday is Tulane. What does Tulane need to do? Well, the first thing is they need to win out. And then they need some help. 
They need Air Force to lose a game. If Tulane wins out and Air Force wins, to, or I'm sorry, if Tulane wins out and Air Force loses one, Tulane will leapfrog Air Force in the polls. Right now, with one loss, they're only one slot behind Air Force who's undefeated. And if Air Force does lose in the next, coming up in the next several weeks, Tulane's loss will be much more, uh, will be a much, a stronger loss than whoever Air Force loses to being that their loss came to Ole Miss and it came with a backup quarterback. And remember, the CFP committee does take into consideration injuries, coaching changes, things of that nature when they're establishing their rankings. So point being is I think they will take into consideration the fact that Tulane was playing without Michael Pratt in that game against Ole Miss. And if Tulane were to win out, which they have a very good very good opportunity to do so. I don't think they would leapfrog Air Force if Air Force wins out and stays undefeated, but if Air Force drops one of these games in the coming weeks, Tulane now becomes in full control of their own destiny. Next on my list, I've got Fresno State. So Fresno State needs to win out. And one of two things I think needs to happen. Here's how I think Fresno State could potentially leapfrog Tulane. They either need, let me start here. Fresno either needs Air Force to lose and Tulane to lose again and then then win out, and I believe they would become the representative, the G5 representative in the New Year Six, or here's a scenario that could happen that would allow them to leapfrog Tulane is Fresno wins out, Air Force wins out. Fresno matches up with an undefeated Air Force team in the conference championship while Tulane is matched up with whoever there is. I mean, could be SMU, could be Memphis again, could be UTSA. Either way, you're going to be playing a team with multiple losses in that game. Whereas if Air Force gets all the way to the conference championship and they're undefeated, they're going to be ranked even higher. And now if Fresno State beats an undefeated ranked Air Force team in the conference championship and they only have that one loss to Wyoming, I believe that would be enough for them to leapfrog a one-loss Tulane. So Fresno has two paths here. Win out and beat an undefeated Air Force team in the conference championship or win out, Air Force loses a game, Tulane loses a game. And then I believe they would be the team we would see in the New Year Six. Next on the list, this is my dark horse, okay? My dark horse for the New Year Six bid is UNLV, the fighting Barry Odoms. Love Barry Odom. Loved him when he was at Arkansas. Loved him when he was at Memphis, even. I'm sorry, at uh, Missouri. He was at Memphis. But when he was the head coach at Missouri, I loved the energy that he brought. I thought, you know, well, I thought they gave up on him too soon. But then you look at what I guess Drinkwitz is doing now. And uh, I don't know. You could dispute that. But I appreciate what he did at Arkansas. I want nothing but the best for him. And he's off to a strong start at UNLV. He has one loss. And here's the thing. His one loss this year, UNLV's only loss came to Michigan. Michigan will likely be a top two team at season's end. Michigan has a very good chance of being in the CFP. That's a very strong loss that they have. So for UNLV to get in, I think it's a similar path as what Fresno's looking at. 
I think they need to win out and face an undefeated Air Force team in the Mountain West Championship. And if they win out and they beat an undefeated Air Force team in the Mountain West Conference Championship game and their only loss is to Michigan, you could see them leapfrog a Tulane. Right? See, that's why Air Force losing is so important for Tulane. Not just so they can jump ahead of them right now in the rankings, but so that whoever plays Air Force in the conference championship doesn't have an opportunity to leapfrog Tulane. (laughs) That's why I've been saying, Tulane fans this week, you are Navy fans. (laughs) Because that's who's playing Air Force. But I think UNLV, if they went out and were to play an Air Force, an undefeated Air Force team, in the conference championship, that could be their ticket to the New Year's Six. Now, the other option is if Air Force loses, if Tulane were to lose, Fresno were to lose. I mean, I, honestly, I think UNLV's best bet is to match up, is to win out and face. Um, wait. Actually, I might be sounding like an idiot now that I'm thinking about it. Let me double check something. Because I think UNLV, as I just said earlier, yeah, that's right. They play Air Force. They're at Air Force. So hold on. Let's rethink this for a second. I was wondering. I thought that sounded off. So they need Air Force to win out up until their matchup, which is on November 18th. And this is where it could get interesting. Because if UNLV wins out, that means they would have beaten, they'd have a win at Fresno State. They'd have a win over Wyoming. And if they win at Air Force, who if Air Force is still undefeated, that would mean they would be 11-0 and at that point, possibly ranked in the top 15. If UNLV gets that win, that could get interesting. That's why I'm saying UNLV is a dark horse right now. Now, if Air Force loses between now and then, eh, I don't think their UNLVs would be as much of a threat to Tulane. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. I'm just saying, keep an eye on UNLV as this thing plays out. And then finally, my, is it my fifth team here? Yeah, I've got Liberty. Liberty has to win out. And I think Fresno needs to lose a couple. I think Air or I think Fresno needs to at least lose another one. I think Air Force needs to lose a couple. I think Tulane needs to lose again. And I think UNLV needs to lose again. I mean, I think it would require Fresno, Air Force, Tulane, and UNLV to all have two losses for an undefeated Liberty to leapfrog all of them. And then kind of my, you know, possible surprise. I don't really want to call him a dark horse, but just a out of left field is James Madison in the event that they were to get their waiver approved for uh, bowl eligibility this year, because I'm not so sure that if JMU gets that waiver approved and they win out and air force loses, I'm not so sure that an undefeated JMU doesn't leapfrog them all if Air Force loses. Um, They've got the most votes right now out of the remaining G5 teams in the AP poll with 70. And I guess what what I wonder is, is if they were to somehow, with this attorney general they have up in Virginia that's lobbying the NCAA to lift the, 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 what is it, the two-year transition period, 
and give him a waiver to be eligible, would the CFP committee rank JMU higher than what the AP poll is, is doing knowing that they would be eligible? I don't know. That's just something, uh, that's just something I'm kind of watching as well. Obviously, right now, it's, an, it's a non-issue. It's, it's not even a – it's kind of a pointless discussion, even though I'm discussing it, simply because technically, as of right now today, they are still ineligible, and there is no – there is nothing to indicate that that will change other than there is a attorney general, an attorney general in Virginia – who is a former JMU grad that is lobbying the NCAA to lift this transitional period, to give them a waiver, approve the waiver. NCAA could literally not even respond, not even acknowledge it. They have every legal right to do that. Um, So, but keeping an eye on it. So let me know your thoughts. Who are your top five? How do you think this play out plays out? I love tracking this and keeping up with it um, to see which underdog conference team is going to represent all the underdog conferences in the new year six and hopefully do like Tulane did last year and pull off the upset. But let me know your thoughts. Who do you think, how do you think it plays out or who are your top five to get in? What needs to happen for each of these teams? Or maybe you think I've got someone ranked incorrectly. Please leave it in the comments. We'll continue this discussion. That's it for me today. I will see y'all tomorrow. Trey Smith, College Game Time.